Hey everyone, this is Andy, better known as Love Retro BTW on Twitter X, Threads, IG, and Cafe BTW on TikTok and YouTube. A quick update that the Cafe BTW podcast is taking a very long hiatus, but I still have something really amazing to share with you. We have a fantastic retro gaming community on Twitter X, where we've crossed well over 2,000 passionate members. And if you're a lover of retro gaming, this is the perfect place to share your content, showcase your pickups, or just chat about your favorite old school games. To dive into nostalgia and become a part of the thriving community, click in the show notes on the Cafe BTW link tree, or go right to my Twitter X profile on Love Retro BTW. And now, without further ado, gear up for another sensational episode of the Gamers Week Podcast. This time on Gamers Week Podcast. I'm looking forward to the side quest in which I'm capturing gators out of a pool. Like, really looking forward to that. <laughs> and the twerking physics? Right. Chef's you have to complete a race without knocking the, the twerking lady off the top of your car. <laughs> Like, can you see the road rash she gets if she falls oh. off? <laughs> the spiciest escort mission you've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked in call centers enough to know that that is 100% the truth. I remember I had somebody accuse me of, and I think that they were probably just crazy, but whatever. But uh, they're like, I recognize your voice. You were outside my house last night yelling. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was here last night. (laughs) You sure about that? And you live in Montana. <laughs> so, no, no, I wasn't at your house. I know it was you. <laughs> the worst part, though, is you can't hang up on customers. That's policy, right? Oh, right. God, I hate that. Because then you have to take behavior that you would never put up with mm-hmm. in any other situation. I had a woman bare her soul to me on a business to business telephone sales call where she wanted me to tell her whether or not I thought her husband was sleeping with his sister. (laughs) Wow. And she would not get off the phone with me until I provided my opinion. I would think in that kind of instance, you could basically tell your boss, like, look, hey, this is why I hung up on him. And they can go back and replay the calls. Like, yep, yep, okay. Yeah, that's true. I Actually, what I did was I pretended that there was a fire alarm. (laughs) <laughs> so I pulled up the sound of a fire alarm on my phone and like held it kind of close to my mic. I was like, oh, no, uh, we're going to have to hang up this call. Looks like they're having a fire drill. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Nice. I like that. <laughs> Which I probably could have gotten fired for if they listened to that call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready to get this started? Yes, I'm ready. Yes. Let's do it. <clears throat> All right. Welcome to Gamers Week Podcast. Like the name says, we analyze the best, worst, and weirdest headlines of the past week in the video game industry. Today is Tuesday, December 5th, 2023, and this (laughs) is episode 100. We hit triple digits. (sighs) Did you guys ever think we'd get this far? 
Honestly, I'm not that surprised. After <laughs> probably episode 10, I was like, I like these people. Yeah. So I think I'm going to stick around. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were going to make it just out of pure, unadulterated stubbornness. That's true, because this is the first wow. podcast that I've ever been on that's made it to triple digits. So. Hey, me too. Samesies. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were going to reach this milestone or die trying. Well, I'm glad that the latter didn't happen. Right, right. <laughs> My name is Donnie G. Retro, and I will be your host for this monumental occasion. But I am not alone. I have with me my two gracious co-hosts, who you can hear giggling and chuckling in the background. My first host, when asked if she would rather do trivia or take 100 paper cuts on her eyelids, wouldn't even let me finish the question before taking a piece of paper to him. We have with us Writer's View, a.k.a. Blue Williams. Blue, how are you this evening? <laughs> um, yeah, that's accurate. I, I have nothing more to add. Carry on. <laughs> roger, roger. And my second co-host once set a world record for the 100-meter breaststroke with two co-workers from his recliner. <laughs> you know him. You love him. Retro Game Brews, a.k.a. Ryan Payne. How are you doing this evening? How are you, my two co-workers? <laughs> <laughs> then if that's the case, Yeah. <laughs> I was in your recliner and 10 of 10 would recommend. <laughs> Did you guys get the correlation? 100 paper cuts, 100 meter breaststroke, because this is episode 100. 100. Well done. Well done. <laughs> well, be sure to stick around until the end of the show for a very special 100th episode celebration. Celebrate good times. Come on. Let's go ahead and move on to our reviews, <laughs> reactions, and requests. Yes, I'm going to have too much fun with this episode. At Retro Gaming Dev says, hey, no surprise, but Gamers Week was my top podcast on Spotify this year. Me too, Retro Gaming Dev. Me too. <laughs> At Alexa8532 says, congrats on a great 2023. You deserve it. So entertaining, funny, dynamic, and the best way to be up to date with the latest news. Yay. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. And Nate K says, really enjoyed last week's episode. Was going to watch the parody commercial, but decided <laughs> not to do that at work. So they don't get my ass for watching Folger's incest commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have not seen that, it is so, so funny. <laughs> okay, but it's only funny if you're old enough to remember the original commercial. So right. Mr. Blue sent it to some of his friends that are in their 20s. And they had no idea. They were like, what the f*** did we just watch? Because they, they did not know the original commercial. So context is important when you're sharing mm -hmm. this with your friends and loved ones. <laughs> well, first of all, they were probably like, what the hell is Folgers? They still sell Folgers, right? Yeah, but it's not heavily advertised like it was back in the 80s and the 90s. That's probably a boomer coffee anyways. Of course it is. You had Folgers, Maxwell House, and um, Sanka. Oh, Sanka Coffee, yes. Yeah. I was like a chock full of nuts. <laughs> I got your chock full of nuts right nuts here. Nuts right here. <laughs> hi -o. And now it's time for the... Guys, I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. You better come out and stop me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, this is such a good scene. Who is it? It's me, Big John Bear. I get the very important pull. <laughs> Leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out of here. All right, Camilla, but what about my votes? Camilla. What votes? <laughs> Big 
Manly said you had some votes for me. That's fact. How much do I owe ya? Dickie said 10%. Too bad Dickie ain't in charge no more. What do you mean? He's upstairs taking a dump. A big one. I think he's hurt. I've heard some sounds that eh, you don't want to know. But hey, I'll tell you what I'm going to give you, Johnny Bear. I'm going to give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my podcast before I pump your guts full of ink. All right, Camilla. I'm sorry. I'm going. One, two... Ten. <laughs> oh, that noise! Oh, that maniacal laughter. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Mom! <laughs> Mom! <laughs> that was impressive. Well <laughs> upstairs taking a dump. Yeah, that's that was the best part. He's upstairs taking a dump. A big one. That was a decent, like, New York City accent, by the way. <laughs> Thank Kudos. you. It took me several tries, but I thought I got it. I don't do accents well, so I'm proud of that one. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Every Monday on Twitter, we post our VIP. That is our very important poll. And if you'd like to participate, follow us on Twitter at GamersWeekPC. So the question this week, with Civil Aviation Day coming up, I did not know that was a day, what's your favorite airship in video games? Coming in at third place, we have the Township from Breath of Fire 2 with 7.9%. Second place was the Delphinus from Skies of Arcadia at 13.2%. And the winner was the High Wind from Final Fantasy 7 with 40.8% of the votes. Now, we also had 38.2% of people vote other. So let's look at some of the comments from the poll. At RaisinDetra573 said, The Invincible is amazing. At number 83 said, The Columbia in Bioshock 3. At Blarcade said the flutter in Mega Man Legends, and it's not even close. <laughs> At Mogak said the lunar whale in Final Fantasy IV. I had a blast explaining to my kids watching that my team is now going to the moon in an ancient whale spaceship. <laughs> and At Games with Coffee said, gotta be the Ragnarok from Final Fantasy VIII. It's a literal spaceship eloquently designed to look like a red dragon, but more importantly, it has a freaking laser beam. <laughs> it has a freaking beam rifle attached to its freaking underbelly. How cool is that? Everyone deserves a hot meal. <laughs> <laughs> I want literally a spaceship with freaking laser beams that looks like a red dragon. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you vote in the poll, Ryan? Uh, so there's a lot of, I think, really great airships. And I'm really surprised, Blue, that you're not a huge celebrator of Civil Aviation Day. I know that you're you're a fly girl. So I'm genuinely surprised <laughs> you didn't know that was coming. <laughs> Honestly, I read the poll for this week and I was like, God, that's the nerdiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so what I do sometimes when I create these polls is I go, all right, well, what games have been released for the week? No, nothing special. Okay, what are the weird holidays for the week? Ah, Civil Aviation Day. How can I make this a poll? Don't lie. No. You knew that was a thing before. Coming from coming from someone who plays Aerobiz. Yeah, that's Aerobiz. what I'm saying. Exactly what I'm <sighs> saying. Aerobiz superstars. I'm not king shaming, baby. <laughs> it's Aerobiz supersonic. Oh, hey, actually. Well, actually. Eh, whatever. <laughs> So a lot of great choices here, Township, the Delphinus, and as well as Highwind. Uh, but I'm actually going to go with the Blackjack from Final Fantasy VI. Uh, and, 
Not only is it spacious, but there's a casino on board. So I think personally, that is the best use of my time. Now, granted, I would probably spend all of my money and lose it all on behalf (laughs) of all of my terrible gambling addictions. But uh, nonetheless, I think uh, the blackjack was going to be my choice for this week. All right. Very nice. What about you, Donnie? Now, I'm going to say something that's probably going to warm the cockles of Ryan's heart, but... Um, I don't like to hear about Ryan's cockles. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, I immediately thought of that same airship from Final Fantasy III, where you got to <laughs> play, you, know, you, you get on there and you play with the casino and all that stuff. Oh. You got the slot machines and all that. What the hell was that? <laughs> Weird. Um, <laughs> No, something just happened again. Please keep this in. It's like something just dropped on the floor, but there's nothing weird. Okay. Ghosts. Yeah, I think so. Uh, anyway, I thought of the same airship because of the casino, um, but that's not the one that I went with. Mm. The one that I went with, the one that I think I first remember, not from Final Fantasy One, but from Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, I think that's one of the first times I remember seeing an airship and it's so good. They're still doing that to this day, to this day in Super Mario Brothers Wonders. And the airships look freaking amazing. So I'm going with the OG, the one that started it all back in Super Mario Brothers 3. Nicely done. Blue, what about you? Well, I was also going to go with the airship from Mario 3. So now I'm scrambling to look for a different <laughs> answer. I mean, you can both be unoriginal. Oh, wow. <laughs> unoriginal, considering the percentage of people who did not name an airship from Final Fantasy. You want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, everything Donnie said is is true. The first airship that I really remember encountering in video games, and I can even just even mentioning it brings the music immediately to mind. Mm -hmm. It was so epic. Like the first time you got to it, you're like, oh, my God, this is important. Like it felt (laughs) (laughs) it felt so huge and epic. And it was a great moment. And like like Donnie said, they continue to have airships to this day because they were so iconic. So definitely for me, the airships from Super Mario 3. See, you're not unoriginal. You're a trendsetter. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and take a look at our patron shoutouts. Now, we couldn't do what we do if it wasn't for the help of our gorgeous patrons. Here are the generous folks supporting Gamers Week on Patreon. Fruitcakes, Pickled Pepper, Ducks with Thick Thighs, Wizard of Zardoz, Bobs and Dugnut, Loud Moth, Retroblast Pat, Great Zyaman 81, BNT Zilla Guy, The Mad Milkman, Johnny Boombots, Seven Castle Forest, Crunchy Kong, Sheriff Snacks, Frank Grande, Love Retro BTW, Steven San, Ramboski, Terry Kinnear, Doongie Forever, Ducks in Disguise, Don't Make Me Pull Over This Car, Games with Coffee, Hybrid Divide, Matto 1606, You Fall Before Me, Davey PGH, The Red Ox PBX Family, including Shannon and Luke, Jalazeel, Zach, huge thanks. Number one blue sick boys fan, Sassy Sony, Evo Lust, Rai Rai's secret best friend, Mega Retro Man, Gamma Troid, Michael Lakite, Emo S, Bill Tucker, and the real Retro Game Brews.
If you like what you hear today, we really hope you do. Please consider joining us on Patreon. Your support helps cover the cost of producing the show, as well as other cool stuff we'll be doing like prizes and giveaways. You also gain access to our weekly patron-only bonus cast called Gamers Week Uncut Patrons with Benefits. Visit patreon.com slash gamersweek or follow the link in the show notes to learn more. All right, thanks, Ryan. Now let's go ahead and check out our headlines. Our headline segment is proudly sponsored by the Retro Game Club podcast. It's a fantastic family-friendly retro gaming podcast. In each episode, Rob and Hugh pick two games to play and discuss, as well as news, interviews, and other topics. Right now, they're playing through Double Dribble and NBA Action 94. Visit them at RetroGameClub.net or follow the link in the show notes. Double Dribble, hands down, a classic. No question. NBA Action 94, I'm not really familiar with that one. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. Pretty much the only basketball games that I played were NBA Jam and Bill Ambeer's Combat Basketball. Those are the <laughs> only two that I ever picked up. Uh, NBA Jam for obvious reasons and Bill Ambeer Combat Basketball because my parents bought it for me and I had to freaking play it. Right, right. You had to make do with what you were given. Exactly. And I take it Blue played a lot of basketball games. <laughs> You know, uh, I still remember the day that my dad came home proudly. He'd been out at a yard sale, asked if they had video games because he was thinking of us. And he picked up probably a dozen games for dirt cheap, brought them home. Here, kids, I brought you a bunch of new video games. And they were all sports games. (laughs) (laughs) There was hockey. There was NCAA basketball. There was Madden. There was several baseball games. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, thanks, daddy. (laughs) We put them on the shelf and never touched them. (laughs) Now, if he would have gotten you like Super Spike V-Ball or Kings of the Beach or even regular volleyball for the Nintendo, would you have been excited for that? No, we had a couple (laughs) of volleyball games. We had Kings of the Beach and we had... um, Another one on Super Nintendo and volleyball, in my opinion, at least the ones I've played, it plays terribly as a video game. Mm-hmm. Oh, no comment on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First up tonight from PC Gamer, the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer has smashed through 60 million YouTube views in 12 hours. The last 24 hours have been video game carnage of the best sort. Rockstar had previously announced that the first trailer for GTA 6 would debut, oh, about three hours from the time of writing. Instead, a full trailer leak saw the studio decide to get out ahead of time and release the trailer early. Rockstar's developers may not have been happy about it, but the crowd went wild. Grand Theft Auto 6 Trailer 1 rapidly went to number one on YouTube, trending, and in just over half a day has racked up an astonishing 60,858,000 views. And every time I refresh that number, it gets higher. It certainly cements GTA 6's status as the most anticipated game around, though it's also at least partly down to how well Rockstar has dealt with the leaks and rumors in the run-up to the game's announcement. We've known GTA was underway for years thanks to oblique references on earning calls and the usual internet detail dumps of questionable veracity, but the doors really got blown off last year when a huge amount of in-development footage was leaked by a hacker. Take-Two's lawyers said about issuing takedown notices and said this was early development footage and that the studio would properly introduce you to this next game when it's ready. The leaked footage was, in all honesty, what you'd expect, a GTA game that looked like a GTA game. It whet the collective appetite to such an extent, however, that Rockstar has been facing huge pressure to show something, anything, ever since, eventually leading to the announcement of the announcement that led to this trailer being leaked. 
Rockstar also dealt with that like champs with an oddly personal tweet dropping the video early. Our trailer has leaked, so please watch the real thing on YouTube. The trailer is on course to overtake total views for GTA 5's reveal trailer, which got 96 million views in a single day. This, of course, doesn't take into account views across other social media platforms. It probably helps that this is a genuinely great trailer, which oozes style and is packed with blink-and-you'll-miss-it moments, as well as twerking. The only bad news is that we have to wait till 2025 to play the thing. Now, did you guys watch the trailer? Oh, I yeah. did. <laughs> it has been the only thing that anyone has talked about for the last two days. Does it perfectly sum up Florida? <laughs> yeah, a lot of Florida man vibes. Yeah, going on. That, that was kind of my impression is like, is this about Grand Theft Auto or is this a trailer for Florida? Because there's almost nothing about the main characters or any sort of plot. It's just kind of a look, it's Florida vibe. Right. <laughs> there's skaters on the loose. There's people who are half naked in the front of their yard, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. watering oh, their man. plants. Actually, I'd say that ratio was a lot more than half. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> he's not all naked, but he's mostly mostly. And you know, I got to be honest. If down there in Florida in that kind of heat, if I'm outside doing yard work, I'm going to wear a, a, a mankini or a uh, a pair of speedos or what have you. I'm going to be comfortable. I'm glad I'm not your neighbor, <laughs> but you could be. As long as he does the appropriate manscaping in addition to the landscaping. Oh it, no, no manscaping! It's all full bush. It's coming out the sides <laughs> and the top. <laughs> That's how he became Big John Bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this trailer is bonkers. I will 100% agree. It's a good trailer. If you want something bright and colorful that gets your attention and makes you go, what the hell? So that you have to watch it 60 more times just to figure out if you saw what you thought you saw. And I think it's been really fun how the internet is so desperate for Grand Theft Auto 6 that now people are taking the trailer and dissecting every frame and pointing out every little thing that's in there, like the sign on the door of the convenience store that the main characters burst into Rob. It mm-hmm. says, we will no longer be accepting cash that's been stored in underwear. Oh, <laughs> I mean, okay. It, it takes a special kind of super fan to dissect a trailer frame by frame. But on the other hand, Rockstar has put so many tiny details like that into the trailer that it almost deserves to be looked at under a microscope like that so that you can appreciate everything. And I love the debates that it's inspiring online, like groups debating twerking physics in video games. Yeah. Like that was not a thing prior to yesterday, as far as I right. know. Well, it, a trailer like this rivals that of a major motion picture. So like, I remember when all of the Marvel uh, movies were coming out and people would pause those and analyze them frame by frame to say, oh, there's a callback to this movie. Here's a callback to this movie in this frame, or he's wearing this in this frame. So the way they put this, it warrants that. I got to give them credit for pivoting and going, you know what? F*** it. It's leaked. Let's go. Let's drop this thing. You know what I look forward to hearing the follow-up on is that apparently it was leaked by a developer's son. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Somebody's getting their Christmas gifts taken back. (laughs) I know. I'm sure because it's a minor that we won't hear that much about it, but I'd be really interested to learn what happened there. Like, if they knew that your father worked for Rockstar and you could conceivably get access to the trailer. Imagine what people would be offering this child. Right, Mm -hmm. right. 
Now, in his case, it's his father used to work for Rockstar. Yep. Yeah. That's, a, that's an important <laughs> distinction I think that's appropriate to make here. I think it's a, a case of all's well that ends well, though, you know? In this particular incident, I don't know if there was a whole lot of harm. Like, you know, when they did the the unfinished footage that was leaked by hackers, that 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 could potentially do some harm, right? Right. Because there could be inconsistencies. But this was an official trailer that he basically just had access to. So the fact that Rockstar went, oh, it's up on Twitter. Let's let's roll with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's no harm, no foul at that point. But I don't know. I don't know if Take Two will share that same perspective, but I right. guess we'll find out in the coming weeks. I mean, that's a case of like we had something special planned. We wanted to you know do a countdown or give people hints and stuff like that. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, it's up. Uh, OK, well, fine here. Everybody, here's your present. Here's your damn cake. You know, whatever. Yeah, and if I remember right, too, hearing that the developers kind of lamented that specifically, saying, you know, something along the lines of this kind of ruined it for them, which I get. I totally get that. But at the end of the day, it's super popular, so people are going to buy your game. So, yeah, it ruined one moment that you were anticipating, but people are buying your game and enjoying it. Who cares? What does it matter? Yeah, and especially because it's a great trailer. If it had been a mediocre trailer, (laughs) we might be having a completely different discussion right now. I'm looking forward to the side quest in which I'm capturing gators out of a pool. Like, really looking forward to that. <laughs> and the twerking physics? Right. Chef's you have to yeah. complete a race without knocking the, the twerking lady off the top of your car. <laughs> like, can you see the road rash she gets if she falls oh. off? <laughs> the spiciest escort mission you've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> Next up from IGN, The Legend of Zelda movie director wants it to be a live-action Miyazaki. Director Wes Ball opened up for the first time about Nintendo's planned The Legend of Zelda live-action movie, saying he hopes to make it feel like a real-life take on the work of legendary filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. Ball touched on his ambitions during an interview with Entertainment Weekly, saying that although the project is just getting off the ground, he's been inspired by the work done by Studio Ghibli. While the project won't lose its fantasy groundwork, fans also should expect it to differ from something like the Lord of the Rings. I've always said I would love to see a live-action Miyazaki, Ball explains. The wonder and whimsy that he brings to things, I would love to see something like that. A desire to channel Miyazaki's work is a lofty goal, and it's one that pop culture fans will no doubt find attractive. Many have attempted to capture the magic of Studio Ghibli's films, though most of them are animated projects or video games with anime-esque art styles. Live-action picture in this style, especially one set in the Legend of Zelda universe, sounds ambitious. Nintendo announced plans to create a live-action Legend of Zelda movie in early November. Details on how it will build on the gaming company's hit World of Wisdom, Courage, and Power are mostly a mystery. However, Nintendo did at least reveal that it is working with Sony Pictures to create video game flick, saying that Abi Arad and Shigeru Miyamoto are working together on it as producers. Ball, meanwhile, is wrapping up work on the up-and-coming Planet of the Apes continuation, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. My whole life has led up to this moment, Ball says. So we very much are working hard to do something. We're not just trying to do it because we can. We want to make something really special. So I love the sound of this. But I also... (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, there there seems to be some doubt. (laughs) I'm going to need to see it to believe it. I got to be honest, Mr. West Ball. Miyazaki movies are so 
beautiful and classic and they have such a specific vibe to them. And part of the reason they're able to do that is because they are animated so that they can specifically control every single element that goes on screen. And you're just going to have such a more difficult time doing that live action. It can be done. Maybe selfishly, I also want it to not be 98% green screen. Maybe that's asking too much, but there's a reason that Miyazaki never wants to make live action versions of his movies. It just wouldn't work. Yeah, it would kill the vibe. Right. Uh, you, you would never, and like if you had to replace some of the other elements with CGI, I don't know if that would work either. Mm-hmm. And then the the interesting part about those is they're always kind of somber films, films that draw out a lot of emotion, but the visuals are what help you feel in those moments, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a tall order for even an animated film. There's a reason why that studio is so well renowned is because they're able to accomplish that. But honestly, I can't really think of any other studio that does it as well as Ghibli does. Like I said, I love the sound of this, the sound of a Miyazaki-esque Zelda movie. And what I wish with all my heart that we were getting was a truly animated, like old school, hand animated movie mm-hmm. of Zelda, or maybe a style that was more reminiscent of like the early Zelda comics. I think that would be killer. Hmm. No. I would love to see something like that as well. I have a true fondness for those comics that came in Nintendo Power with uh, The Legend of Zelda. But I don't know if you would draw the same amount of people into the theaters to go and see that if it were done in that style. That's irrelevant. That's what I want. Who cares what the masses want? Exactly. I am somebody who, you know, I like anime to an extent. I don't like all anime. So the the people out there like me, they would not be putting their butts in the seats in the movie theater to go see this. You make a good point, I guess, in that, sure, the masses aren't necessarily anime fans. The masses like the troll movies. So I think what the masses like, is that <laughs> shouldn't necessarily be the bar at which we set everything. But if you were going to animate it, what other style would you would you do? Would you turn it over to like the Illumination Studio and have it look like the freaking Minions again, like no, the Mario movie did? No, definitely not. Um, what would you do then? I, I, I don't know. I can't answer that question. I really can't because I, I don't know what, what style would be the best way to put it. Oh, uh, oh. old school Don Bluth animated there style. There you go. I like that. Okay. All dogs go to heaven. Secret Land Before Time, Secret ah, of Nim, yes, that style. Yes, that to me seems more like the Nintendo Power uh, artwork along the lines of it. Not exactly like it, but along the lines of it. I mean, didn't Don already make that? It's, uh, <laughs> what's the name of that game? <laughs> Dragon Lair? <laughs> Dra- didn't he already do Dragon Lair? <laughs> So the Zelda movie is just Dragon Lair, the movie? I love that idea. (laughs) Next up from VGC, premium watchmaker Anacorn is releasing a set of $800 Mega Drive Genesis watches. Premium Hong Kong watchmaker Anacorn is selling a set of Sega Mega Drive and Genesis watches for $800 each. The three watches are each designed to look like the three main MK1 models of Sega's 16-bit console, the Japanese Mega Drive, the European Mega Drive, and the North American Genesis. The top cover looks like the circular part of each console, while the back of the watch and the leather strap each feature the console's logo. 
Each watch costs $800 and comes in a box with a design resembling the console, along with a metal numbered plate and a booklet about the console. The watches go on sale on December 5th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And sh- I've already missed it. Yeah, that was today. I wonder if there's any left already. I'm going to take a look because these things are badass. <laughs> Anyone looking to splash out $2,400 on all three may have to jump through some hoops, however, as the Genesis watch will be exclusively available to customers in the North and South America regions, while the two Mega Drive ones will be available everywhere except North and South America. The Sega Mega Drive Genesis is not just a gaming console, it is a cultural phenomenon, Anacorn's promotional blurb reads. This watch allows you to embrace and carry that cultural impact with you every day, turning it into a daily reminder of your gaming passion. And that you're a huge f***ing nerd. Pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> what is the point of being an adult and having your own money if you can't spend it on nerdy sh- that you don't need? For $800, though. Come on. I know, but here's the thing. I don't even wear a watch, but I want these because they are so cool. Bet you my iPhone I could change the front face of it to, <laughs> to look like a Genesis. Who do Ryan would be the we got a Mega Drive watch at home guy? <laughs> now, I've done that. I, I did that with my smartwatch. I, I was able, they've got a Sega Genesis skin that I use sometimes. And it's, it's pretty fun. But, oh, my God, are these things so sleek and sexy looking? I mean, they almost resemble me, so I mean, I have to <laughs> the the Genesis one. Obviously, it's what we know from North America. The Mega Drive ones look a little bit like basic bits. So, um, <laughs> oh, shots fired! Oh, shit. yeah. I'm sorry to anybody that grew, that grew up with the Mega Drive, uh, European or Japanese, but the the American Genesis is just that bangs, that slaps, and um, <laughs> if they are still available, I think I'm going to grab one. Sleek and sexy, that bangs. That's <laughs> and she bang, she bang. Ooh, baby, as she move, she move. So is that the verbiage you exactly you'll use to explain it to your wife why you had to have an eight hundred dollar <laughs> Sega watch? Like, come on, baby, it's sleek and sexy like me. It bangs, it slaps. <laughs> it bangs, it slaps. Who are you banging and who are you slapping? <laughs> you for spending eight hundred dollars on a fucking <laughs> So I'm looking at it, and it looks like it's available. Well, we're waiting. Are you going <laughs> to buy one live? Uh, no, I'm not buying one live. I got I to gotta think on this, okay? Oh, Just, come on. He was all big talk to about 10 <laughs> seconds ago. Was. I'm still buying one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the same as the kid on the playground. I could totally do a backflip. I just don't feel like doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I say that all the time. Okay, Tommy, whatever. <laughs> all right. Let me look at like the cost of a normal watch from this company. Because I get the feeling like maybe... No, they're, they're up there. Yeah. And they are <laughs> ugly. Holy crap, these are ugly watches. $930, $1,200. You see they have a watch for Kojima Productions. I did not do they that. seriously? Yeah. Uh, you can buy a Ness of football for $105. <laughs> or a Mars puzzle for 65 bucks. Man, they saw us coming, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, I, I'm a little disappointed that this watch does not come with the option for a Tower of Power. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you would bang into stuff all the time. With yeah. the thing. <laughs> oh, you know what? Worth it. Worth it. The battery compartment looks like a Sega CD. You put the, you take the battery out, put the battery in, and slide it, and it's got the like it says Mega CD or Sega CD on the side. 
Yeah, but it only lasts for four hours, just like the (laughs) (laughs) game here. All right, now let's take a look at our top three new releases for the week. All right, first up is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora out on PS5, Xbox Series, XNS, and PC. Reconnect with your lost heritage, discover what it truly means to be Navi, and join other clans to protect Pandora. Experience the epic wonders of the Western Frontier, a never-before-seen continent of Pandora. Journey through beautiful yet unpredictable open-world regions where lowering your guard can lead to deadly mistakes. Harness your incredible strength and agility while customizing your character, crafting new gear and upgrading skills and weapons to fit your playstyle. Next is a Highland song out on Switch and PC. Moira McKinnon is running away. From the creators of Heaven's Vault and 80 Days comes a wild adventure through the Scottish Highlands with open platforming and dynamic storytelling, maps, and music. In the Highlands, every peak has a story to tell and every valley echoes with song. Giants sleep, ghosts sing, crows carry messages, and eagles lift the dead. But the Highlands' crags are unforgiving and its summits are cold. Moira's trek will not be easy. Can you help her find a way across this winding wilderness in time? And finally, Plumbers Don't Wear Ties, Definitive Edition. Out on PS5, Xbox Series, XNS, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Plumb the depths in the definitive edition of this lost classic, painstakingly restored and lovingly recreated. Plumbers Don't Wear Ties Definitive Edition delivers a truly next-generation CD-ROM experience. For the first time since 1993, the original version of the game is faithfully presented alongside 4K remastered photos and a wealth of documentary and interview content. Relive the excitement of John and Jane's fateful encounter in the first American-produced visual novel. Learn about the birth of the multimedia era from the industry icons and dive into the origin of the game's creation with interviews and commentary featuring leading lane Jean Jane Bassone. So out of these three, what are you in for, Donnie? Taking a look at Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Uh, Avatar, I've never been a fan of that movie. I, I actually hate it. It's kind of stupid. Wow. And I think they try to force <laughs> it down people's throats. And make it like, oh, this is such a, a a multimedia success, and it's it's so advanced, and I'm just like, eh, it's all fucking CGI. So no, I've never been a fan of Avatar. Subsequently, I've never played any of the games, and I'm not starting with this one. A Highland Song uh, first look makes me think of something like Ico, or um, there are other games that came out early for the PlayStation or PlayStation Two where it was no dialogue or anything like that. You're just controlling somebody who's walking and that's it so i'm like eh, this kind of feels like that and i don't know if it's going to tickle me in the right places so a highland song probably not <laughs> cockles tickling you in the right <laughs> it, <laughs> it's definitely not tickling me tickling me down there which leaves us with plumbers don't wear ties definitive edition now there is a reason why this game should have stayed dead it's a horrible game but it's got a little nudity in it. Nudity. It's low. Um, I think that maybe I could possibly check this game out. Uh, barring if it like came on sale for like a dollar or two dollars or something like that <laughs> on a Steam sale. But if you think I'm paying 30, 30 bucks to 60 bucks to play this horrible game that should have stayed back in the 90s, you're dead wrong. Um, with much hesitation, probably plumbers don't wear ties. Definitive edition for me. All right. What about you, Ryan? 
Uh, so taking a look at Highland Song, I I think the words that came to my mind are dark, dank, depressing. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> There's like rain and stuff, and it just it it's seems Scotland. very Scotland. What do you want? <laughs> I know, I know. It's not but- Southern California. <laughs> It's amazing that England looks nothing like Southern California. <laughs> um, the, the the gameplay itself, the platforming aspect, I'm just not really into. So it's not only is it not the style of game I'm I'm in for, but it's also feels moist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have never described a video game before as moist. <laughs> hmm, that game is moist. <laughs> Uh, which brings me to Avatar. Uh, so this one feels like it's it's two games at once, right? It's Horizon Ver- Forbidden West and then an <laughs> Avatar game mixed together. And it seems like the plot of this entire game is just the plot of the Avatar movie. Don't all the Avatars just have one plot? Well, couldn't you come up with something more interesting and dynamic? You know, it's... The humans are attacking, but I learned how to be a better Navi. Hooray. <laughs> but this one, she's got a gun. So, yay, I guess. Navi's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Uh, brings me to Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. I have always wanted to play this game, but I don't own a CDI. And also, if I remember right, it's fairly expensive to pick up. Probably the ABGN effect, if you will. Um, <laughs> Definitely. So I've always been curious about this game. The one thing, though, is I, I'm not into digital, so I'm probably not going to pick this up from a digital aspect. I probably would wait until it goes up on eBay from Limited Run Games. Excuse me, Ryan, but but it didn't come out for the CDI. It came out for the 3DO interactive multiplayer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you I'm got sorry. actually. actually. Uh, so, yes, because those things are so different. <laughs> <laughs> Panasonic and Philips are basically the same company. But nonetheless, if I can find my or get my hands on the Limited Run Games edition, I'll probably go with that. All right. Blue, what about you? So, like you guys, I too am not particularly interested in uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Pandora. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to rehash the points. Basically, what you guys said. So, moving on. Plumbers don't wear (laughs) ties. This seems to be a game similar to Night Trap where... It reached cult status because back in the day, the powers that be decided that it was horrible and explicit and violent and should not be viewed by anyone. And so it gained this reputation that has given it a mystique over the years, but it's pretty much unearned because as Donnie said before, it's It is. It really is. (laughs) So uh, while part of me thinks, you know, I would be morbidly curious about some of the behind the scenes and documentary stuff, I'm not playing this. That brings me up to a Highland song. Normally, this is a game that I would kind of not look twice at. But after watching the trailer, the music is beautiful. The gameplay seems not what I usually look for in a platformer, but it doesn't seem terrible. There's a survival element to it. And it's not just like a walking simulator because the girl can get hurt. And I think she can die if you're not careful. And also checking out the steam reviews, the people who have left reviews so far cannot stop gushing about it enough. So Hmm. it might be a hidden gem and I would be willing to give it a try. 
And does she die from overexposure to moisture? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that was not in the Steam reviews. And now let's take a look at our main topic for the evening. The Game Awards are this Thursday, December 7th, but we're not there yet. Let's prepare to fast forward. Are you guys ready? Prepare to fast forward. Prepare to fast forward. (laughs) Fast forward is there. Why are you always preparing? Just go. Just go. (laughs) When will then be now? (laughs) Uh, As soon as I press this ludicrous speed button, it'll be now. (laughs) What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? Chicken! I'm pressing it. I'm going to press it. I'm going to press it when it's going to be Thursday. (laughs) Do it. Do it. So the Game Awards just ended. It's Thursday. We we fast forwarded. How how did that happen? (laughs) I feel older already. (laughs) (laughs) I've just sucked two days of your life away. (laughs) My knees are creaking a little bit more. Yep. All right. From the New York Times, Baldur's Gate 3 reigns at the Game Awards. The Game Awards celebrated the technical and artistic achievements of the video game industry on Thursday night, ending with the naming of the role-playing adventure Baldur's Gate 3 as Game of the Year. It was the crowning achievement for a game based on Dungeons & Dragons that largely stayed under the radar during its six-year development by Belgian company Larian Studios. But its summer release, 23 years after its predecessor, captivated gamers who celebrated a robust character creator, deep narrative, and branching paths that made it seem as though anything was possible in its fictional universe of vampires, elves, and werebear sex. The other nominees <laughs> The other nominees for the game of the year were Alan Wake 2 by Remedy Entertainment, Marvel's Spider-Man 2 by Insomniac Games, Resident Evil 4 by Capcom, and Super Mario Brothers Wonder by Nintendo, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom by Nintendo. The award show in Los Angeles also served as one long commercial for upcoming games, many of them previously unannounced. Those titles included Big Walk by House House, the developers behind the quirky Untitled Goose Game, Reboots of classics from Sega, sweet, including Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio, an immersive retelling of Jurassic Park, and OD, a new horror title from the auteur game designer Hideo Kojima. Skull and Bones, a pirate game from Ubisoft that has been postponed for years, got another release date, February 16th. Hello Games, the developers behind the ambitious planetary explorer No Man's Sky, debuted footage from a new game, Light No Fire, that features open-world versions of Earth that allow multiplayer exploration. Hollywood celebrities also made appearances, demonstrating how the movie and video game industries are becoming more intertwined. The actors Matthew McConaughey, Timothy Chalamet, and Simu Liu, and the filmmaker Jordan Peele, who was working with Kojima, appeared on the stage to promote games. All I can say is that I will have a unique relationship with every player, McConaughey told audiences about the character he will voice for Exodus, an upcoming sci-fi game from Archetype Entertainment. First presented in 2014, the Game Awards decides on winners through a voting jury of the news media and input from players. On its official YouTube channel, Thursday's show often approached 900,000 simultaneous viewers. It has progressively gotten larger and larger, said Alyssa Mercante, a senior editor at the gaming website Kotaku, who attended the ceremony. Essentially, it's like the Oscars, if the Oscars also had movie trailers. Mercante said the event was a reflection on the successes and struggles of the industry, where men still outnumber women in leadership roles, even though some analysts say players are split relatively equally between genders. 
Near the end of the ceremony, which extended past three hours, the mind-bending horror mystery Alan Wake 2 won for Best Game Direction. It had previously won awards for Best Narrative and Best Art Direction. Direction is nothing without a team who actually builds it, said Sam Lake, the game's creator. Believing the same vision and building something out of it, we can make miracles, we can make art, and we can be more than the sum of our parts. So what'd you guys think of the Game Awards this year? So uh, I think this is my first official time watching it live. Oh, really? Yes. So this was kind of a new experience for me. I am taken back by the fact that this is just one long advertisement with a few awards (laughs) flashed in between. Yeah, there was uh, the hard drive tweet earlier that said something like, if you use an ad blocker during the Game Awards, it's only four minutes long. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there were some performances and stuff that were cool, too, but overall... A vast majority of what you were watching is trailers, which I see those kinds of events happening all the time, right? So the fact that game awards are like sprinkled in, I don't know if you could officially call it a game awards show in that sense. It's more of like, you know, your summer games fest or, you know, uh, what E3 used to be. Which is fine. It's not a terrible thing. Don't get me wrong. I just, I guess somebody who, you know, used to watch the Oscars with my mom growing up as a kid, there were a lot more categories. There were a lot more stories happening. There were a lot more people getting awards, uh, especially when nobody's going up on stage and Jeff Keighley's just announcing who won. Yeah, that's like, let's just rapid fire these winners because these are the categories that obviously nobody cares about. Right. <laughs> and I got to be honest, if, it, if that were the case, if the video game awards were just that, were them like constantly reading the, the winners of each award, A, this thing would be set with a hell of a lot shorter yes. and B, a lot more boring, which I, this, this was not boring at all. This is very entertaining, especially getting to hang out with the people in the Discord and chatting live about who's going to win and the results of the winners, et cetera, et cetera. And also talking about the different stuff that was being displayed. Mm-hmm. But I do think the Game Awards makes it really clear where their priorities are based on who gets stage time and who doesn't. Right. So if you're you're being nominated for a war, an award that nobody cares about unless you work in that specific category in the industry, then you don't even get up on stage to get your, your trophy. Yep. If you have won one of the awards that somebody cares about, you get about 45 seconds before they start trying to play you off. Yeah, when that music starts. Right. (laughs) But if you're Hideo Kojima, you get brought out into the stage and you get a good, I don't know, 10 minutes while Jeff Keighley is kissing your ass. All praise Kojima. But yes, you make time for gazillions upon gazillions of trailers. But the people who are winning the awards that are the reason your award show supposedly exists, they don't get to come up on stage. And when they do, we can't get them off fast enough. So let's just call it what it is. It's the Game Awards, but it's more like the game marketing awards. <laughs> well said. But on that note, do we want to discuss our picks and who ended up winning and who holds the rightful title of podcast daddy for the next year? Bullshit. As if you guys <laughs> let me hold that title the past year. All right. Let's start off with best indie game. Uh, Ryan chose Sea of Stars. Blue chose Dave the Diver. I also chose Dave the Diver. And what won best indie game? Sea of Stars! Uh, Woo! Sea of Stars. Ryan is plus one with that one. I don't like it. The only one I think I got. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not giving half points, but I do want to point out that that was my B pick. 
And me and Donnie had discussed these B-picks before you came on. <laughs> yes, remember, there's no half points or anything like that. I'm not you- claiming half points. I claimed okay. no half points. I just wanted to say it. I just want to let you know that if we did, <laughs> then I'd be getting those points. So next up was best performance. Blue had chose Melanie Liebert. I chose Cameron Moynihan. And Ryan chose Idris Elba. Who won? The winner was Neil Newbon from Baldur's Gate 3. Which was my B pick. <laughs> it was my could, B pick too. Yeah, mine too. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the best score in music. Uh, I chose Hi-Fi Rush. Ryan also chose Hi-Fi Rush. And Blue, because of that, chose not to choose Hi-Fi Rush. She picked Baldur's Gate 3. Who won for best score in music? Final Fantasy 16, which right. is... As I said in the episode when we were choosing our picks, I was so disappointed in the music of Final Fantasy 16, but apparently I was the only one who was disappointed in it. (laughs) Next up is Best Art Direction. Uh, Blue chose Hi-Fi Rush. Ryan chose Lies of P. And I chose Alan Wake 2. What won Best Art Direction? Alan Wake, Wake 2. Oh, say it with more enthusiasm. Say it with soul, with passion, with feeling. No. No, I don't get that? Okay, fine. No. All right. Next up, best narrative. I chose Baldur's Gate 3, Blue chose Alan Wake 2, and Ryan chose Cyberpunk 2077. Tell us what won best narrative. Is this the part where I can say it with great enthusiasm? Because it was Alan Wake 2. Everybody clap your hands. Well, this, this is going to be unfortunate right now, because as of right now, we're all tied with one. <laughs> it was not a great year. It was no, not a great year. There, there was a lot of promise before we, when we were making these picks, but uh, when, the, when, the, when those games that were chosen that actually won, it basically shot us all down. I feel humbled. <laughs> <laughs> I feel put in my place. So the last category, Game of the Year. I chose Alan Wake 2. Blue chose Tears of the Kingdom, although she did say that Baldur's Gate 3 no, was going to win. backwards. I chose Baldur's Gate 3. I said my no, personal no, choice no, was Tears of no, the Kingdom. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I can. I got the receipt. I just listened to yeah, the episode. You just listened to the episode. And that's when we said we're, that we're not giving you half points. I and you're like, oh. sabotaging. Nope. You chose Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom, but you did say that Baldur's Gate 3 was going to win. You said Baldur's Gate 3 is going to win, but I'm picking Tears of the Kingdom. Fine. Ryan chose... Baldur's Gate 3. And as you may very well know, Baldur's Gate 3 won Game of the Year. Oh, is that what this feels like? Is this what winning <laughs> feels like? I know it's new to you. <laughs> it is. Act like you've been there before, champ. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I've never been here. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like at some previous episode, there was discussed, like, until you get 100%, you don't get to be podcast daddy. <laughs> I do not remember this. No, I don't remember it either. You're going to have to comb the uh, the episodes. Oh, but I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> do it again. This time with feeling. Well, since the Game Awards is really just trailer palooza, what trailers did you guys see that you thought looked interesting? I got to be honest, a lot of them ran together. Yeah. There's just a ton of fantasy-driven content that made like i couldn't tell monster hunter world from one of the other fantasy games that came out (laughs) so i'm just like at that point 
what do you choose? We There was a side-scrolling platformer. There was Prince of Persia. Then there was another one that was shown where you asked, where Blue, you asked, is this another Prince of Persia? Because it looked very similar. It really did. That one was Tales of Kenzera Zhao, which, right. you know, when they showed gameplay, it looked almost exactly like the Prince of Persia we saw earlier in the show. So what's going to be the definitive factor that's going to make you choose that game over Prince of Persia? Is it going to be art style? Is it going to be music? Is it going to be overall gameplay? Who knows? Oh, it might be price. It might be that, that, that too. people know Prince of Persia when this is a new IP. Exclusivity potentially as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So then uh, Hideo Kojima came out on stage for <laughs> like half the show uh, to <laughs> show the trailer for his new game, OD, the OD, something OD, like that. Yeah. yeah, OD. And it was just close-ups of faces like saying words and screaming. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, this is such a Kojima trailer. Right. Like, it's weird. It says nothing. And there's not a single part of it that makes me want to play the game. But in light of your guys' complaints that all the other trailers ran together, at least you can give him that as like, you remember this one. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. <laughs> I remember that one. I remember Blade. I remember uh, the the God of War Ragnarok DLC that's coming out. Oh, that was cool. Uh, But the fact that Sega, Sega, Sega is coming out with several new games that are in the works. And it almost made me think about what we were talking about a couple episodes ago with Sega's, um, what do they call that? Super game. The super game. Is this this compilation going to be part of the, the super game ethosphere? Where they're just resurrecting all their old IP. Don't knock that. <laughs> it's accurate, though. Jet Set Radio, Shinobi, Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, Crazy Taxi. Yeah, I, I've got no problem with that. As long <laughs> as the games are freaking good, then resurrect as many IPs as you want. Look at what Streets of Rage did, Streets of Rage 4. Mm-hmm. Look at that game. Mm-hmm. That game is amazing. If they want to do the same thing for Shinobi, Tojam, and Earl, which they did a couple of years ago, but uh, we're talking about first party. Sega Genesis games, Golden Axe. I have longed to see another Golden Axe game. Donnie just wants to kick Gnome while you're sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Get them coins, yo. A game stuck out to me that I wasn't expecting was uh, Rise of Ronin. Oh, man. I I know we got several like feudal Japan samurai type looking games. I don't care. I'm here for it. I love those games. (laughs) You know what's interesting, though, is that there's... uh, a revolver in it, right? Samurais so, with guns? Right. Well, so if you think about that from... And I'm going to get history nerdy on you, but Samuel Colt invented... <laughs> You've never done that before. Right, right. Never. Uh, invented the Colt 45 revolver in 1836. And the modernization of Japan happened in like 1868, I want to say. So it's somewhere in between there... Right? <laughs> because they're still rocking samurai swords and the katanas and all that good stuff, but there's revolvers around. So this is like right before The Last Samurai with Tom Ooh. Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what we need in there Tom Cruise. Exactly. I think we need Tom Cruise. There's that other game that was kind of like Eyes Wide Shut. So Tom's going to yeah. have a resurgence here. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I will say the uh, the gameplay that they showed from the Outlast Trials where they showed streamers streaming the game and screaming like little girls. Yes. And that so made me want to see Donnie stream this game. <laughs> oh, my God. I was thinking the exact same thing. 
was like, Donnie needs to pre-order this now. If you have, I'm, I'm getting that game. Make no mistake about that. It looks amazing. And if every single streamer that they had was screaming in fear, then I'm totally for it. I, I love those kind of games that just make my heart race and jump. Those games make me want to kind of like scream at some points. And this one, if everybody's doing it, then I'm all in. Donnie's all about being a scream sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> I will do anything for the views. <laughs> Which to me, a lot of those screams seemed a little staged. I'm going to say that. Of course, you have right. to put on a show. They're streamers. What do you want? <laughs> Fair enough. Now, one game that stood out to me was Hellblade. Yeah, Hellblade 2. The I was thinking when they were showing the footage that this is probably just the like the super extra rendered trailer footage. Right. And then everybody's like, no, that's actual gameplay. And I was like, damn, that looks amazing. I couldn't believe it. The the facial animations, the eyeballs, which since forever, like eyeball animation, uh, it's been very tricky to do to make it look realistic for computer right. graphics. And they seem to have nailed this down. Yeah, there was no dead doll syndrome in there. Nope. And let's also talk Visions of Mana, a new Mana game. Oh, my God. I know that uh, our good friend Hybrid and Mega Retro Man just screamed out in ecstasy when that came up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it just said, <laughs> Visions of Mana. Like, oh! Because both of them are huge fans of the Mana series. So, well, so I'm is sure Donnie. Uh, well, no, not Donnie as well. said he liked. You and, said and it was one of your favorite RPGs. Was. Secret he of Mana. Like. <laughs> okay. I don't like the whole series. I just like that game for the Super Nintendo. All right. I honestly thought it was a Chrono Trigger thing initially. Whenever I started watching, I was like, "Oh, is, is this Chrono?" Because they said Square Enix. I was like, "Chrono Trigger," but no, it was it was Mana. Yeah, they already remade Chrono Trigger into uh, a mobile game <laughs> or oh. Chrono Cross, which is doesn't hold a candle to Trigger, in my opinion. I know I'm probably get hate for that, but <laughs> I don't care. Right. And is Fortnite like every game now? Yep. Apparently. They're in so much stuff. So you can log on to Fortnite. You can race. You can go to events, which to me sounds super stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to go to a digital concert. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, what was that old uh, Sim game that was back in the day? Second Life, I think it was. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 That, that level of just snooze fest to me. Uh, but it's also uh, one other game. Oh, Lego. Lego, Fortnite's there. And then just straight up Battle Royale. So uh, soon they're going to have a farming sim, mm-hmm. rhythm game, <laughs> and something related to hentai. <laughs> <laughs> Lego hentai? How does that work? That's a lot of blocks oh, coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can fit anything to anything, so... Ooh, that's that's a very good point. <laughs> Everything is hentai if you're brave enough. <laughs> what did you guys think of the casting of Frank Stone, the Dead by Daylight spinoff thing? Um, what did they call it? A cinematic gameplay experience. Yes. I would like to know what the heck that means, though. It just says story-based game set in the Dead by Daylight universe. So is it a visual novel? Is that yeah. what it is? Something like that, or it's just, it's a movie and occasionally you give, you give quick time inputs or something. I don't know. <laughs> because everybody loves a little bit of Dragon's Lair in their life. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like Resident Evil 5, something like uh, that. There you go. Okay. Yep. Sorry, you're more modern or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally modern. Gameplay design a la 2007. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just I don't I don't fuck <laughs> with those games. <laughs> I don't fuck with those games. So before we move on, let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsor. This segment is proudly sponsored by the A Gamer Looks at 40 podcast. The show explores the history of video games through the stories and experiences of the everyday people who lived it. The podcast is currently on hiatus, but there are over 90 episodes in the backlog ready to be explored. This week, Bill recommends episode 12, Now You're Playing with Power, Superpower. The episode opens with the real audio of Bill getting a Super Nintendo on Christmas morning, 1992, and allows others to share similar SNES stories. Guests include Trevor and Jeff of the New Dad Gaming, Ducks in Disguise, and our own Ryan and Blue. This week's question is, what was the greatest Christmas holiday gift you ever received? Let Bill know your answer by sending him a tweet at a gamer looks at 40 on Twitter. So apparently Donnie was out picking daisies for this episode. <laughs> you know Donnie and his daisy picking. Hmm. I do like to pick some daisies. <laughs> Uh, so I think I actually said this on the episode, but I think that the best Christmas gift I ever got was my Super Nintendo. I think that was was huge. It was a perfect moment. Loved that thing. Still love it. Still got my original. So it's staring me in the face right as we speak. Very nice. What about you, Donnie? Uh, Sega Genesis, Don. No, no. I, uh, I don't think I ever got a console. For <laughs> yeah, he said Sega Genesis thong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, no, no, no. I bought that myself. Yeah, no, that, that's <laughs> my money. I bought that from Etsy. <laughs> um, I'd say one of the best Christmas gifts that I can remember as a kid was when I got Castle Grayskull. Nice. That, man, there's a picture of it floating around at my parents' house of me like just – like it's a Polaroid and I've got, I've got the thing. I'm just like ripping at the, the wrapping paper and everything like that. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm super excited. And yeah, one of my best Christmas gifts ever. Blue, what about you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you had all this time to think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I hate to be cliche, but when I think back on all the Christmases of my life, the gifts are not what stand out. Mainly what I remember is time with family and eating a lot of food. That <laughs> <laughs> tugged at my heartstrings. Did yeah. it? No. <laughs> no, I'm lying. I'm just keeping it 100. Ah, 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 he said the thing. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, we are celebrating the 100th episode of Gamers Week. So to mark the occasion, we want to take a quick look back at where we've been. Here is a montage of one moment from the last 100 episodes of Gamers Week. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Gamers Week Podcast. So YouTuber Logan Paul is a man who has his fingers in many pies. I already don't like that sentence. Phrasing. The legend of horses. Exactly. In this corner. Background music creeps in. Do, 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 do. Hey, and yes, the main reason is I have 2,816 copies of the Burger King video game Sneak King. <laughs> Freaking hell. The beret. Yes, the, the beret. The beret, of course, of course. What was I thinking? Right. I'm having flashbacks do you again. Want, do you want me to do it again? Do you want me to do it again? Yeah. Again, <clears throat> please, please. Leon! See, the thing is, people call it the worst game of all time, right? E.T. is the worst game of all time. I have to go down and, and mingle with the peasants. Woo doggy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Doctor? 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 Oh, yeah? 
Tailspin. Mega Cornhole. Not if anything to say about it. I have. Mm, I don't like it. Coffee and talk. And then he showed me a fax the next day, and it was from Nintendo with uh, the Donkey Kong character drawn on it. Hello? Hello? I'm sorry, uh, I believe I have the wrong number. And so concludes the first annual Atari 2600 Space Invaders Tournament. The judges will now go and tally their scores, blah, 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 and determine the winner. Because I record, like, the the phone things for, like, American Express, you know, press one to do whatever. Well, I think you have to do the gritty reboot of um, Ice Climbers. I have a suspicion (laughs) I, I should not Google Sonic and Peach. (laughs) <laughs> I bet it exists. I bet it exists. Oh my god! Glorify your hair with Halo. Ouch! I. Very important. Be without sin, throw the first. <laughs> 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 Wonder Boy! You'll never know. Webbershubbley! <laughs> I try to say goodbye and I choke. Try to walk away and I step off. I may as well take up smoking then if this is how I'm going to sound forever. What are we in the, like, the Genesis 32X Sega CD era? Or are we just doing plug-in consoles in that sense now? Because <laughs> it's a pick of Destiny Child. Everybody had something to say about Mario's butt. And back and forth. <laughs> and back and back and forth at school. Jaguar. 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 I mean, this is one area where I think size definitely matters for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very important poll and I'm the podcast daddy. Paul Jones. Hey friends, come to a murder castle with me. <laughs> I want a video game. Because there's a whole different Street Fighter 2 story where we actually robbed a machine, but I'm not telling that one tonight. Oh! <laughs> Come on, Game Wow! I'm so disillusioned now. You're the reason in my life. You're the, the inspiration. inspiration. Oh yeah, baby. It's passed down through generations to generations and it's never been washed. She wants that gruff voice going, It's a me, a Mario. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go Link. Yeah, get some. Swing. It's a weird kink, but all right. That was recorded. (laughs) That was recorded. One of the guys on our team goes, do you know who we are? <laughs> we're like, no. So he tells them, and all of a sudden they put their knives away, and they're like, oh, man, we're so sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I am great. I'm so happy to finally be here. I'm a gamer, and it's finally my week, and I have survived my uh, full body wax, and I've made it. She sets the guys running. Right <laughs> oh, my God, it's Doug Bowser. And then This is episode 69, dudes. Sega. So dysentery one. So now who's gonna fall with me? Please fall!
hungry, I could eat an Octorok. Tell me why! Did you vote other in the very important poll? I did the job! Did you vote other in the poll? You're goddamn right I did! Oh, you're cheap. Oh, oh. It's not the first time he's heard that. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my life! That works when you're 10, and it does not work when you're bringing billionaires down to the depths to check out the Titanic. Yeah. What's your favorite scary video game? So I tied a dongle to my belt, which was a style at the time. What's going to happen is after that three months, it's going to turn into an uh, Angry Birds dispensary. PSP? I need a hand job. I need a hand job. This is artificial intelligence Edward Norton. Subscribe to Gamer's Week podcast, or else the machines will have won. Everyone loses their minds. Nobody messes with the Jesus. And the names are Ryan, Donnie, and Blue of Gamer's Week podcast. I'm sorry, RGB. I'm afraid I can't do that. Fussy Pickles was probably Ron Jeremy's nickname back in the 70s. No! <laughs> but I was told that I would receive a piece. Thanks, Thanks oops, oops, I, I voted, voted other. Great Scott! We are here at the Blockbuster World Video Game Championships for... Flames, flames on the side of my face. Nice freaking podcast! This is Artificial Intelligence, Ryan Payne. And this is Artificial Intelligence, Donnie G. Retro. And we both agree that Blue Williams is unquestionably the Gamers Week podcast daddy. Aren't you a little old for video games? Oh, it's Coca-Cola. We did it. Man, that was really difficult. (laughs) 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 This is going to be great. It's got to be a montage. Montage. Gonna be a montage. Even Rocky had a montage. And you will notice that half of it is you guys singing. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Never change, baby. Never right. change. Tradition. Yep. Tradition. <laughs> so, 100 episodes. This is a definitive milestone for all three of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that any point during this 100 episodes, I've felt that it's been a chore to do or that it was difficult. I think this has probably been the one thing that every single week when we come together and talk, we just genuinely have a good time together, mm-hmm. enjoy each other's company. Our chemistry, I think, is fantastic. And honestly, I, that's what I believe is the reason why our show has been pretty successful, is that we just have fun. And that's what I love about this show and and all the support that we've gotten for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real for a moment. Putting on this show is a f- ton of work. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And if it wasn't so fun to do, there is no way I would have been able to continue. <laughs> I love you guys, both of you. And thanks for doing Aww. 100 episodes of this with Aww. me. Yeah, we, I love yeah, you too. We love you too. Donnie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, yeah, more like an acquaintance. But. <laughs> oh, and you're right. This, this show is fun to do. And if it wasn't, we would have bowed out a long time ago. I think one of the things that I look forward to every week is trying to make you both laugh. Yes. <laughs> and you do a fantastic job at it. Well, thank mm-hmm. you. And I hope by doing that, not only making you guys laugh, but making the listeners uh, of the podcast laugh as well. And I will say, you know, reaching 100 is a pretty big deal. I mean, we have, 
you know, had friends that have done podcasts that didn't quite make it to that that milestone for whatever reason. And I think it's a rare thing for a show to be able to stick around. I mean, we do this every single week. This isn't mm-hmm. something that we're doing once a month or once a quarter. So the dedication, I think, has been really a testament uh, to how much we care about not only the stuff that we cover, but the people that we interact with. I think every single day, hearing those reviews, reactions, and requests as soon as we open the show is always, well, usually (laughs) great. (laughs) (laughs) Not always, but usually pretty great. I will say this, from like a mental health perspective, the show has really allowed me to kind of feel better about myself and, and what I can contribute to a fine group of people. So. Thank you all. And now all we have to do is plan what the heck we're going to do for our two-year anniversary. Coming up here in like a month. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot our anniversary? <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. Thank you for listening to episode 100 of Gamers Week Podcast. And a big thank you to the Retro Game Club Podcast, Love Retro BTW, and a Gamer Looks at 40 Podcast for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget to check out their links in the show notes. If you want to connect with Gamers Week, follow us on Twitter at GamersWeekPC. Email us at GamersWeekPodcast at gmail.com. Visit our merch store at Gamers-Week-Podcast.Creator-Spring.com. Or if you want to do it the easy way, follow the link in the show notes. And finally, join us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash GamersWeek. Finally, since you made it all the way to the end of this episode, please leave us a rating and a review to let us know how we did. We really do value your feedback. While you're there, consider subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice. Finally. 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 (laughs) It was so nice I had to say it three times. Or four times. Whatever. (laughs) And a very, very heartfelt thank you to everyone who has stuck with us for 100 episodes or for those who are just checking us out and this is your first episode with us. We cannot say thank you enough. And we can also say you're welcome or we're sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Probably mostly we're sorry, but uh, whatever it is, it was their fault. (laughs) It was Bonnie and Ryan's fault. Oh, okay. I see. We're we're, we're replacing blame now. That's great. That's awesome. They clicked on the link. They knew what they were getting into. I say let them crash. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. Yes, we love you. <laughs> not really, uh, but I mean, you know, uh, kind of, but a not little really. Bit. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> we maybe. like like you. <laughs> like, like, like? We love you. We're just not in love with you. Ooh, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. It's you. No, wait, wait, wait. wait. That's the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> You're really bad at breaking up with people. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good night. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Welcome to Gamers Week Uncut. Welcome to Gamers Week Uncut. Welcome to Gamers Week Uncut, patrons with benefits. This is the unscripted patron-only bonus cast with less editing and more dirty jokes. We don't know where the conversation will go, but we're sure it will be weird. This fish just went right on my nipple. And I'm just like, <laughs> ah, ah, ah. 
I Google Street Fighter 6, the first search result that comes up is people think they can see Ryu's dick in the Street Fighter 6 reveal. <laughs> Listen up here, kids. You're not going to want to get one of those VDSTDs things, right? Make your fall off. When you go, grab a pro. You'll be doing it for America. That was perfect. <laughs> if you want to hear weekly episodes of our patron-only bonus cast, join us at patreon.com slash gamersweek.